This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's the MVSP. Don't know what episode we're on, but nonetheless, got a stacked show this morning for you guys. Got the Fair State Sports Report, uh, the Masters recap uh, over the weekend. Pretty good time. Uh, a little bit unexpected finish. A little bit of U- maybe a little bit of UFC, a little bit of fight talk. Who knows? What? And then MLB to UFC? finish it off. I know. Left hook, right hook, uppercut. No, that's going to be fun. I'm actually really excited for that. Yeah. But Wednesday, y'all. Tune in now. Subscribe, follow. We are having our mock draft 2.0 for the NFL draft only two weeks before the real draft takes place. We're going to have our buddy Barrett Jones in the house, and we're going to have a good time. So tune in on Wednesday at 1 o'clock here on the MBSP, wherever you get your podcasts, all major platforms. But going to be a great show. Do not have an interview for you guys. Sad face. Sorry. All of our teams, all of our Bulldog sports teams, they're pretty busy right now. I know soccer just got back from their games over the weekend. They're already at practice this morning. Um, there's, I think softball's already headed out for um, Purdue or yeah, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. One of the two. Wisconsin yeah. Parkside or Purdue Northwest. Yeah, they're already on the road after playing this weekend, so they're they're already on the road. But we will get you guys interviews. We promise you that. And if you want to be a guest on the show or have a recommendation for somebody that we can interview, let us know at the MVSP on Instagram and Twitter as well. Just follow us. We have all of our notifications there. You will never be out of the know You'll of what's going on on this pod. Miss an episode. Exactly. But right into the show, Joe. Let's start with the Ferris Page Sports Report. Yeah, uh, pretty good. We'll start with golf, Brandon. Why not? Uh, over the weekend, golf went down to, I think it was Patasco, Ohio, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the Bill Blazer Memorial, men's finished uh, third overall. They're pretty solid with that third place. I think they have not finished without being third this whole year. Yeah. Po- getting on the podium, baby. What's wrong with getting podium, on the podium? I mean, I'm just saying that's it's just consistent. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with finishing wrong third. With I'm just saying. Podium, my friend. I mean, it's it happens. A, it's absolutely great. But um, finish I'm, with a better score of round two than round one. I think they had 299 first round. And they finished third with an overall three or 584. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I always love to see improvement on the second day. Thomas Hersey as well. I did he win the whole thing? Uh, he was a medalist once again. Consistency the man is on fire, Thomas. Well done, my friend. We are all rooting for club. you. He knows what he's doing with the club. Oh my goodness! Well, he's he's. I think I saw a um a thing on Twitter yesterday. I don't know. I don't know if um you guys saw this, but um there was a a photo put up by I believe it was our our buddy T Roz throws Trevor Trevor Roznowski that put up on Twitter a picture and it had um. Like the the squints meme, where then it was a blurry picture of it looked like Tiger, and then he puts on the glasses. Then it was Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I don't. That's I'm not saying funny. Thomas is equivalent to was Tiger. Was Thomas but, wearing Saturday red? Uh, no, I think he was wearing black. But you know, no, tough. Well, wait for a Sunday game. It's different. Sunday he'll, he'll have to wear red. It's different. He's just different. If that's he just, just what he does. Different, really. But congrats to our buddy Thomas. If you want to hear that interview that we had with Thomas, had a great conversation. Check that out in the feed as well. But still, absolutely, and pretty pretty good results from the weekend. I mean, obviously, that the team did very well, placing third. Obviously, always a good thing. And then Thomas also getting the hardware. But I mean, just the improvement. I mean, you mentioned the uh, the 584 overall score, and we, we we believe we went down from 299 to 285. From round one to round Pretty two, solid, consistent improvement. Yeah, man. everybody shot better second day. Mm-hmm. Everybody did. That's that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, that's really. I mean, you go to the golf course, obviously you have an idea, and then the first round you play it, and the next round you have all the intel you need to know, and you know exactly what to fix. And it's just, it was great to see. I mean, we got to see some great scores. Um, I I believe that um, 
Thomas shot in 68-69. Yep, sub-70s um, each time. Adam came in clutch, shot 78 first round, but then 10 strokes less second or second 10 round. Strokes. That's that, my incredible. friend, is improvement. That's awesome. Uh, Trent Barth had a 77 and a 73. Uh, Nathan Cranick had a 76 and 75. Josh Sheffords, uh, he was 30th, I believe, at a 75 round two after the 80 in the first round. So constant improvement, and that is exactly what we're seeing. Especially with the Gleak Championship coming up. Yeah, that is going to be clutch. And I mean, the women's side even has done pretty much the same thing. It seems like. I mean, they've done they've done well. I mean, they are still competing. I believe at the Canton, Ohio, um, at the Walsh Invitational right now here on this Monday morning. But they did great yesterday. They shot a three sixteen in round one. I believe they're they're still in play right now as a team. I believe they're fifth, the fourth, fifth right now yeah, in the standings. Of round one. So um, I mean, pretty good right now. I mean, Elena Eldred, Elena Delrose, they're doing they're doing some great things. I believe they're both. 14th right now within striking distance remember the leader after the first round sadly is probably not the one that's going to win it all i mean we're going to talk about the masters and justin rose here later but there's a prime example right there but um really looking forward to seeing how the women's golf team shakes out i know that there's been some great success already this season and we're just looking forward to them continually improving because i mean it's good. It's good to see all of these, all of our teams improving, especially sure. golf overall in these two-day invitationals. Yeah, speaking of improving and just dominating, we'll go on over to tennis now. I don't think we've lost since our preseason games, Brandon. No. We haven't. That's insane. Domination. I mean, they were fantastic. We had a doubleheader um, Saturday, Sunday. We took on the Panthers of Davenport. Um, I know on the women's side it was a 7-0 sweep, and then Purdue Northwest, 5-0 sweep. I don't know what to say other than I don't know dominance. what to say other than we're just too good. We we just I mean we have been we've when been when you fantastic. see W's straight down the column the whole time it's I don't know what to say other than just watch out. Yeah, and we I know we're now ranked in the top twenty five for good reason. For yeah, for good sake. reason. It took you know too long be. for that man, but we've we've been doing great. Uh, I know Morgan Waller got the W in the ones matchup, and then that was a tough matchup. I mean, Sienna Lopez for Purdue Northwest, she's pretty good. So. Um, and then we also got Sofia Davida or Davatila, however you pronounce that. I apologize, if I messed it up. <laughs> I got a clack as well, both getting the wins, and then um, Brittany Lavinen as well. Um, fives and sixes didn't get their match finished up. It was it did not finish, but still got it done. Some of those got it done in the doubles as well. So I mean, it's just like I don't know really what else to say, but it's just Coach refreshing. Doran and the team are just like tearing everything it's up. It's good to see Ferris at the top. It really is. In the men's side, same no song, different. second verse. Yeah, I second mean, verse, same as the first. I mean, it's just pure and utter domination. We never. I think there was only one. Um, our number, our number two's doubles were the only team that fell in that in that over over that match. But I mean, still, it was four out of our ten game or four out of our yeah four out of our ten games have been full sweeps. Yeah, so I we had five straight uh, five straight two set sweeps in the singles. And then we had two two to one wins in the doubles gave mm-hmm. us, and um, no six no sixes matchup I guess according to the stat sheet nope nobody was available for the sixes matchup yeah. but don't need to because we were we were still mm-hmm. just dominating at home and that's yeah, great sure. to see especially after having that COVID pause they came out yeah in, had that postponed had ooh. that week of being postponed and you know came out came out swing against Davenport too so yeah I'm, let me tell you see. that's that's impressive because yeah. I mean we've I mean I know like some of like 
uh, some of the players that we've seen. I know, especially me personally on the track team, some people that have came back from COVID, and it's it's a tough thing to get back in the swing of things after having to quarantine and sit out. And I know, like, there's times where you you, you just want to go. You're just sitting up in quarantine wherever you're at at your house, your apartment, or your room, and you're like, man, I just want to go work on my my tennis skills. I want to go. Yeah, I want to go, go play basketball again. I want to go get a run in, and it's just tough to just be in there. I know I had to go through a little ten day hiatus as well. It's tough. So it it is impressive to see them come out after having that ten day pause in competition, coming back literally hit the ground running. Start right back yeah, where they left. Not even a beat, too. Just it was. It's just impressive. I mean, Coach mm-hmm. Doran, I have the ultimate respect. He's put together an amazing program right now, and they're rolling. They are yeah. rolling. Women. So women got Northwood coming up uh, in Grand Valley and Lake Superior State. So three pretty tough games uh, for them. Men don't have to play Northwood. Their game did not get postponed at the time. But Grand Valley and Lake Superior State, nonetheless, are pretty tough matchups. Especially Grand Valley, as we know, they've been a pretty. Uh, histor- yeah. historically solid tennis program so yeah and we, we've said it before rivalries ri- records go out the window anchor bone anchor down yes sir absolutely uh moving on into women's soccer boy was this a fun matchup holy smokes we had the we were up at michigan tech talk about an absolute nail biter and it came in absolutely the way we wanted to uh, we got the win, one nothing over the uh, really tough Husky team, uh, especially at their place. I mean, this game was pretty stagnant all the way through 85 of the 90 minutes of regulation. And Maddie Dickens got it done with a long shot, nailed it with at 85-50, sealed the deal the last five minutes. We're now 6-0-1. Absolutely fantastic way to take off that road trip. Yeah, definitely. I mean, after the especially after the tie with Northern Michigan, the 0-0, like double overtime, you know you got to come out swinging uh, to end out the weekend. And that's what we did. I mean, it was it was a tough game. I, I was kind of expecting it to be another 0-0, but then uh, when I got the notification of the, of the game-winning goal, that's when I was just like, yeah, that's just what we do. We win every day. Except, I mean, except against Northern Michigan, tie, not as close, but a win nonetheless, so. Yeah, that game was a little... Um, that game was a, it little, was a little weird. Yeah, it was a weird game. I mean, it just seemed like there there was a couple of things. Just <clears throat> normally, you were you were, we had a, we didn't have a lot of shots on net. I don't know what what wrench the Wildcats threw at us in that game, but uh, it did get us. I mean, not, not gonna lie, but I mean, looking at the standings, as long as we we're we're on pace right now. We're on pace now for exactly where we need to be we just have we have that we have those tough matchups coming up i know yeah definitely i mean grand valley they've rescheduled twice now because they're scared of us um yeah, just kidding just i don't know if that's stuff, they just can't <laughs> get their stuff in order i mean oh uh, yeah i don't know they can't put off the inevitable they need more time for film i mean they, I, I i don't know what that is but i mean they've rescheduled twice now so i mean i'm we're trying to figure out what exactly is going on there but i mean uh, it, it was a fantastic win yesterday, and I mean, I know on the recap page, if you wanted to look out the box score and everything, the first picture they have up is when the goal went through and how everybody just almost dogpiled Maddie after the shot. It was just, it was such a gritty game the whole way yeah. through. It was really equal and both sides, and then yeah. we finally for got it through. Too. Cause it's just oh, like yeah. after you play that well against, uh, especially against like the top team in the GLIAC, and then to just be really close to maybe doing an upset or doing the same as Northern Michigan with getting the tie and be able to get points for the standings, and then to let in that last goal, which Amanda Young did really well. I mean, she faced six shots on goal. She did pretty solid. I mean, a lot more than what we had to or 
Yeah, that's what, I, f- I mean, that's what one thing that it's been really good for us. We've been able to just put more shots on goal, and our defense has just been stellar. That our goalies just haven't really had to do too much, and I think that's like the one thing is just like you're so close to having that perfect day out, and then to let that one goal in, and so late in the game, and to be so on point, you feel for him, but nonetheless, I mean. Go dogs. Yeah, I mean they played they played pretty well on the defensive end, especially on set plays. I mean, I mean we had six corners. They they knocked off all six of them. They did great on set defense. So um, you got to give them credit there. I mean the they did have they have did have a little more fouls than we did, but I mean they they really took it. We had sixteen shots to their eight. Um, they had five saves to our two. So I mean it's it's really really interesting now that we've. We've know how to play in gritty games, and we haven't we haven't had some of those. It seems like yet we've had a couple, but I mean, there's been, I mean, you look back at some of the games this year already that we've had that really were not to the the same caliber. I mean, Purdue Northwest, yeah. Davenport to bring up too, where the game was in our hands from opening whistle to final whistle. I mean, we, yeah. there was no question we were going to win that game. So I mean, it's it's really good to see, especially after that dreadful double OT tie you were just talking about against Northern. I mean, that was just really a just a brutal way to like I mean it's just to it's, finish off the day too it's yeah, just I mean you're playing for 120 minutes and you start the same way you finish it's just like man that's tough yeah, it's it's definitely taxing because yeah. like you go in you're expecting to really just do do the job that you got to get done and kind of fill up that reputation I mean especially with Northern Michigan I mean they're third in the GLIAC right now so they're no slouch yeah, of a team yeah no they're but, not a slouch team at all it's just like you're you're that was just such yeah, a dog I get what, fight I get what you mean like going in 0-0 and then leaving 0-0 especially after so much time it's you think that there's going to be something but that just shows how like how gritty the, the top of the GLIAC is right now yeah you know where I got that quote from where did you get that quote from the man? great Lou Holtz Great Lou Holtz. Yeah, that what was guy. that was in reference to um if you ever watched the um the thirty for thirty uh, Catholics versus convicts, the Notre Dame Miami Hurricane football college football rivalry that happened back in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, that's where I that's where I got that from. But I think I think it runs true. It's just like it never really like hit me until I started seeing like all the like going through a lot of the, like games. Um, I know like some soccer games that I've went through. Like I know one of our um, one of our I think our homecoming soccer game win over um kent city we had one year we it was a double ot like it was one of those just like you're grinding the entire game and you get to the shootout and then you finally win it's just such a great feeling and i know especially the other way around it's it's not a great feeling it's almost like you'd rather lose four zip early on than grind it all the way out and then finally lose i know like us as ferris like hockey fans we had that feeling against minnesota state which was just Brutal. You hate to see it. We, I mean, we had them all the way up. One minute left in OT, and this was three on three OT, and then we just gave up the final goal in the in the last minute, which was yeah, it was just tough. It sucks, it's but. tough to be with that team, knowing you can play with that team. You have the chances, and it's just a brutal, just an absolute brutal yeah, way to go. It's, so it's tough to see. But uh, softball on the road today, as we mentioned, uh, they are going to be in Purdue Northwest uh, for both games today at 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock. Uh, definitely going to be ready for them. They had a close, close couple games against Davenport. Ended up losing both, but nonetheless, like 3-2 first game, 6-3 last game, still held it close almost the whole time. You just, that's that's just tough. Yeah, and I think the, the big thing out of this is like, um, I know, positivity, that's my thing. So I'll give you a positive out of like the first game, the three two loss. We were we responded extremely well. Davenport yeah. scored in the bottom of the first, 
We answer in the top of the second. Yeah, answer. They scored in the bottom of the, the third. Time. We answer in the top of the fourth. We came right back in at them and tied it up immediately. Um, they, I think the one thing that I noticed um, in some of these games is they, they had some pretty good pace runners. Um, Gabby Palazzo, Alexis Coza both had double or two steals both of themselves Lindsay Goodman also had one for Davenport yeah so they had some speed on the bases which I think definitely helped especially I think I was the first the, the bottom of the first they had a single got the runner a second base hit pretty much the same thing again and then we ended up getting out of it but like that having that speed on the bases such an underrated aspect of baseball because you can have guys that can crush it to the fence but if you don't have if you have guys that can get on base with a walk yeah and your base running is with their speed and guarantee him to second. Yeah. That changes the base entire outlook a, of the inning. Yeah, base running is definitely like an overlooked aspect of the game because, like, you can, like you said, you can have guys that can just hit it all the time. But like, there's there's a lot of times where games are decided in a, on people who get on walks and what they can do if they're if the runner is able to mess with the pitcher's head and get and and kind of have an effect there because a lot of times people just get on base and like they just sit there and they kind of do what they need to do and they just wait for the ball to be hit and that's when they move up but there's times where you can fake a steal or you can get the steal and you can kind of get in the back of the pitcher's mind take their focus off the pitches and like I think that's a really overlooked thing of of baseball and softball is base running can win you win or lose games you can have mistakes that basically make it so that way you don't have runners in scoring position anymore or you could have mistakes that turn a double play or turn just a routine fly ball into a double play something like that and it's some it's stuff like that that I think a lot of people just overlook and I think that's kind of what Davenport really I think just did better than us was be able to get base runners and be able to get them in better scoring position almost every time that they had people on base and I think just that over there's that overarching threat most of the time of them having runners on base that they can get in scoring position and that one hit can really prove to be the next run that's going to be happening in the game I think that's one thing that uh really had an effect on our players yeah i think that base running i mean i would encourage um a lot of um players out there in baseball or softball or whatever um if you're not necessarily like um a starting nine rotational player like if you if you are looking for a place to get on the field if you're not necessarily a starter for games or whatever if you're not in the starting nine and you're on the bench and if you want to find a way to make an impact on the game Get better at base running. Yeah, get faster, get smarter on the base paths, and you you can really be deadly. Because especially in later innings, that comes in more than you could ever imagine. I know personally, like, when you're at the end of a game, I mean, there's times, like, I know on the mound pitching for six innings. Like, by the time you get to the sixth inning, there's times where when you get a runner on base and it's a close game, you're a little bit more frantic than you were at the beginning of the game. Because if you give a run up in the first inning, it's like, yeah, we got five more innings. But at that point, you got to be make sure that... Yeah, you have to have everything in control. Exactly. And you really got to be on top of your mental game, too, right. especially so, as a pitcher. Yeah, and it, it, it can get in your head. I know I've been in some spots where bottom of the si- or bottom of the sixth on the road we're up by one run there's a guy on second with one none or nobody out or one out that's it's a, a gr- that's when the grind starts it's that's a when different the battle starts. type of pressure because i mean you have to go you're in the mindset base hit ties it but now you got a speedster at the dish that can steal second 
Now you have runners in scoring position with a tie game, same with one or nobody out, and now the winning runs on yeah. second. And not it gets to mention even keeping more ramped your, up. Keeping your pitches in control. Any wild pitch that sends someone to either exactly. first to second, second to third, or even just getting even a, a pickoff yeah, attempt. Giving, yeah. Or getting even a free run from third to home. And that's like one thing that a lot of people, when they yeah. see pitchers in those situations, it's like, oh, there's a lot of pressure on them to get out of it. But I don't think a lot of people understand to the extent what an effect like that can have just on every aspect of a pitcher. Yeah, I know. Like my my buddy um, Hunter that we've talked about on the show a couple times, Hunter. like uh, Morrison. Yeah. yeah. So um, he uh, shout out if you if Where's he's more listening. studios too. Yeah, sh- a little plug. I shameless guess. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. It wasn't me though. It was you this time. It wasn't me. I'll plug. All I'll right, plug anything. That's day. fine. Anyway, um, check out our latest video if you have there. I plugged. Anyway, <laughs> he was very. He is very good at staying calm in those those situations. Like he's very good at leaving guys on base. As far yeah. that was one of the things he was very good at. Short and stride, still getting perfect control. So that's one of the things that got him to the college level. I know that for sure, and I can. I know. His He'll yeah. say the same thing. So, but that I, ability to be able to take bases in those clutch mm-hmm. situations absolutely huge. And I know there's times, especially like we, we we haven't even touched really on the 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 fatigue part of the game as far as physically. Yeah. You've played like six innings. I mean, catchers. Oh my goodness, they're absolutely gassed after five innings. Like I'm behind the dish. I mean, you're I mean, crouching I was a catcher down. in high school. That was tough. Yeah, I know you've been a, you've been a catcher. I caught a couple times. I've had a little. I'm now. I don't have the same experience level as you do, but I can understand it gets tiring. And I know a lot of people are against knee savers just because. Hey, they, hey, hey, hey! Let me say something real quick. Oh, you I know? use knee savers. Okay. For the one reason that I had like the knees of a 50 year old in high school. Okay. But I didn't put them like all the way down. I put them like one or like two rings up, so they like right by your right by the like uh, the knees, the knees or the pocket. So that way, when you drop down, you're not as far down and you can get up faster. Yeah, little that's life smart. hack for you catchers that use knee savers. Yeah, I, I know, know nobody in the big leagues uses knee savers. I don't care. I don't care if people say that you can't use knee they're savers. Also, I'm gonna use knee savers. They're also so freaks of nature as well as athletes, yeah. though. So do or some wall squats. That'll that'll surely yeah. help. But I'm just saying knee savers like. Especially on doubleheader days. I don't know if you ever had oh, doubleheader no. days. I, 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 there was my oh. junior year. I had to catch like basically every single game, and I had to catch doubleheaders. And I was like, I can't not use knee savers here. No, I don't. I don't blame you there. I know. Well, I mean, we we. I mean, back in high school, like my team especially had. Um, we had a pretty good catcher. I mean, he was gonna go to, or he, I, he was. I believe he signed on to play community college ball. I don't know where he is now, but um. He was a he was a very he was a very strong dude as far as squatting down like he could squat for a really long time. I mean there was times he'd get on one knee or whatever. But I'll tell you one thing when you when your catcher gets on one knee or um like spreads it out it, like it's like oh boy don't miss <laughs> the pressure yeah. gets even more. But that's up. like you have a lot of faith in your uh, pitcher there. So yeah, but, but anyway, that's also the most fun way to catch too because you can just be like boom. Yeah, there's there's you're doing the splits and you just catch it right there. You just gotta catch the ball. Frame it. It's the name of the game. Either way, catch though. the ball. Anyway, I mean, a little bit off track. But. Yeah, we got off track, but you guys love it when we get off track. So anyway, but um, I mean, the second game we just um, they they just really put the hammer down right away. We just couldn't really catch up in time. So um, it was it was just kind of a game where we were just like. Ah. Tough one. I mean, we yeah. were we were in position. It was four. I believe we were down one run in the sixth. Then they just they added the insurance runs on there, so it was tough. But I mean, we still had a pretty. We still 
we're still improving. I mean, we've had our ups and downs, and I'm sure I'm sure we're going to get this team back on track. I mean, we've had we've yeah. had some pretty I mean, good performances we're one game though. Five hundred overall. I mean, yeah. Gleak, I mean, it's Gleak's not been like we're terrible. Gleak's been a little worse bit, teams. Yeah, Gleak's been just a little bit tough. I mean, Gleak, especially with just any sport, and especially with softball, like it's one of the, it's a pretty competitive all the way around. So like every you can be, sport, even the lower teams, like you really got to watch out for them. Especially, I think it's us and Saginaw and stuff that it's down low. But like, especially for those situations, it's like. Gliak, it's usually a lot of very good athletes on a very in every school, no matter what. It's just going to be be a competition. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Paige Quartz, Cody Ramirez, both with hits. Um, Paige Quartz actually went over the fence. So, dinger, see a ball, dinger, but um, see a ball, pretty sweet. Justice Ruggles also had a sacrifice fly to get an RBI in that second game. So, um, we're get back on track. A lot of season left. I mean, we still mm-hmm. got a month left, and I, I mean. We still got the Gleak tournament, so yeah. I mean we're we can, we have a lot of season left. We I'm just seeing like we have I think what is that like 10, 11, 12 games. I think yeah. I, pretty, I know we have at least four doubleheaders. Yeah, left. we have a lot of time to peak, so we're we're gonna be in good shape. But um, moving on into volleyball, um, a little bittersweet. Not yeah. gonna lie. Um, I'm we got we made it through the first round. We yeah, had North a good Wood. start. Had a good start in the Gleak tourney, but then Michigan Tech. They got us. They're they're a good team. They're they're yeah. a fantastic team. They were pre ranked number one for a reason. They're a very good team. Um, we just they just had the firepower and they they yeah. just seemed like they got better each and every set on the stat sheet. I know obviously like I'm not gonna make the judgment of how we played based just on stats because stats don't tell everything. But uh, I will say that um, this team was a, a really good team. Um, yeah. I think there was just times where. Our momentum just got just got buffered, and it just kind of it just kind of bit us in the butt in the end. I, I yeah. it's really all I can. I, it was just a bad day. I mean, end of a streak. It's it's tough though because it's end of a streak. I think we end that at six Gleak tourneys in a row that we were able to win. Right, mm-hmm. five or six. Yeah, it's yeah, it's bittersweet. Had a had a pretty solid start to the Gleak tourney. Slowed down a little bit. Um, Michigan Tech, though, I don't even think Michigan Tech was the one who won the whole thing. Northern Michigan won the whole thing. Yeah, Northern won the whole thing. 3-0-2 in the final set, too. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that was impressive from Northern. Yeah. They, they, were good. they were a good team. I think they were a little bit lower on the, the rankings as far as the beginning of the season, but I know um, like Coach um, Randall Wilhelm was really high on yeah. how well they were going to be after the first games where they, we split against them in the opening the opening games in the season. Yeah. But, I, I, think, I mean, yeah. the thing is, though, like, we didn't have Katie O'Connell for the most part of the year. Mm-hmm. We were missing her, and she was our best player. We were missing her for, like, I think it was, what, four games or something? Four Couple or five games, games, yeah. So missing her, that's, like, a solid, like, kind of streak, right, where you need to get a win, where you need to win games, especially in the middle of the year, and to not have that happen, that's kind of tough because it's kind of a damper to the momentum, too, because we were we honestly had a pretty solid start. Had the momentum to go uh, pretty well. And, I mean, it was a quick season, too. I think there's only, like, we only played everybody two sets. Or we only played everybody once. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, two games, every, win, count, every yeah. win counted. And we, we still were able to get Ws, and we were still get, able to get Ws without her. But without having her there and be able to have kind of, like, that senior leadership and the abilities that she has, it's tough. But, I don't yeah. know. It's It sucks, but... It, it sucks. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was. I know. I'm. I was a huge fan of watching this team. They had so many great pieces, and it was just. It it was really just kind of a, a rough way because I mean there were times where we just we we I know like uh, one thing that I noticed a lot was um like there were times where whenever um tech got a point 
they'd get them in bunches. I know there was a, yeah. a lot of times where they got points in bunches, which we did also too a couple times. But like I know, like half halfway through the, or pretty pretty much getting to halfway through the final set. At one point, I think it was uh, somewhere around we were we were only down. I think it was seven yeah. six, and then in the blink of an eye, it was seventeen to eight. It just it just happened that fast, and it it was just really hard to get back on top. Their momentum. They're, they're a really momentum-driven team. I mean, we saw a little bit of that in the first matchup of these two teams as well. So yeah. you got to give credit to the Huskies. They played really well. So I guess the Bulldogs um, will end up overall in athletics, get the split against Tech considering the soccer game. So I guess, I, no, I won't say everything's even because it's not. It's still yeah. sour that we lost this game. But, I mean, still a great team, fantastic um, season. I don't know where yeah. exactly. Great effort, um, too. Yeah, I don't exactly know how the the regional draws will be set up if we're gonna get a, a chance for a bid or not, or but it'll be I, I don't know because I think we are the, it's it's close. I think we we're the fourth. We either just made the cutoff or we just missed the cutoff. Yeah, well, I think we're about fourth seed. We're we we were seated fourth in the GLIAC. Um, we beat I believe Northwood was the five when we played them. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So we did. I wish they were third. That would be like so. Then we could yeah, hop in. Nice, but but I mean, I mean, we still lost. I mean, we still have a a great resume. I mean, you take you really like you look back at the schedule we've played. I mean, this Gleak, this Gleak, talented teams like they they are very good. Like yeah. the I I mean it's just tough because like the Northern game was like. Sam, I know Sam said it when we interviewed. Just a bad day, like that's that's what yeah, it was. That's sat- a tough one. That Saturday on the twentieth of February game, and that was that was two the tournament champions eventually in the in the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. So, um, Michigan Tech, we just ran into. Yeah, I mean, we almost won one of the sets. Yeah, I mean, we, close, all, we lost 3-2. Close to second day. So if it, we make the bid, it'll be close. Yeah. And, I mean, we were able to beat Northwood, who we lost to the, uh, yeah. the first day. Having, so. having Katie for that first Northwood game, I mean, obviously she was injured. I mean, if we would have just got that game, I, I can't say, like, you just had to win that game. I'm not going to say that because it, I, I don't have the perspective of they do, and I understand it's way harder than I could say on air, and I truly understand that. Like, yeah. that Northwood game would have been absolutely nice to steal because that might have bumped us up a seed because I believe in the standings, Northwood, I think, was one up on us just because of that win Yeah, because we were one below because of that Northern loss. So, But, I mean, this is this is how it works. I mean, it's not how the season turned out that determines who wins the tournament or whatever. I mean, the number one seed lost. That's all you have to say. Tech lost to Northern, who I believe was the two seed. Yeah. So, two or three seed. Two seed, I think it was. Yeah, Grand Valley is three seed, and they lost too. So, um, it's just how who plays best on that given day. And Michigan yeah. Tech played better than us on that Saturday. So, you yeah. got to give credit to them. It's, They're a good team. Yeah. You hate to see it. I mean, that's the most thing with all sports is like, no matter the seed, if you come to play and you don't, whoever comes to play and whoever's kind of flat-footed when the game starts, that's who's going to lose the game. But last sport on the docket for today, track and field. They were in Hillsdale. Brandon knows what was going on at this one. Brandon, why don't you tell us a little bit about that it? That was a funny look you just gave me. But anyway, um, weird meat. Say the least. <laughs> Weird me. My teammates know what I'm talking about. Um, a, a little bit of unorthodox um, delays, you could say. Yeah. Um, we did have a, a borderline monsoon that blowed over. Um, I believe it was about halfway, just over halfway through the meet. That gave us a 30-minute, 45-minute delay, whatever. A um, couple timing issues um, that really kind of halted halted 
races a couple of times, which was unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, get your stuff together, even, Yeah, even stopped a couple of the races, which made me pretty upset. I know the 5K... They stopped them in the middle? Like, the 5K, they started it, and then they had the PA announcers... Um, screaming to stop and all, then they had to get the guns off against to bring everybody back to the line which because the timing didn't start which that also happened in a different race I believe it was the how, two. Do you, how do you miss the timing I don't was know there, was the monsoon like destroy it because well, no, no, if they no, have no. timers it it's not that big be- a deal it happened before and I know like there was a couple races even I know one of our I'm not going to make excuse for my race or whatever but my I know the men's steeplechase that I was in had to wait 10 minutes at the line for the of the start because of the timing so i'm not i'm not saying like Do anything they just about have the that. handheld timers Mm-mm. it was electronic through the scoreboard and i th- that, i think that was something to do with it but i mean it i mean in the end like the just the whole thing around it was just a weird meet just having those those weird little gaps of yeah. pausing then you have it's to hills. get back on it again get back in the zone again yeah. those sort of things was really weird so there were some there were some hills still a d2 or d1 college and d2 they're in the gmac i think right oh yeah something like that yeah what it was pretty much the former gliac meet that's what it was yeah finley hillsdale um i believe uh oh i'm blinking right now hardcore on the other team now i mean yeah, grand, I got you. some, some grand valley was there um, there was another team there that I'm totally missing right now. But it, anyway, it'll come back to me later. But great, I mean, still had some great results. I mean, we had, I believe, two first place finishes. Jason Kena in the jab through 167.7. Really Jabble. far, by the way. I got to see that on tape again. Whoo! Absolutely far javelin toss. He's been he's doing great. Shout out Very to Jason. Um, Aaron Jarima, my buddy in the steeplechase, got the W again um, with a 940 in the, the steeplechase. Um, I finished third. Um, improved by five seconds. Wanted to do a little bit better, but um, definitely happy to improve. I'll say that. PR and improve, that's that's still pretty good. That's a pretty good thing to lay back on, especially yeah. that I was expecting a little bit better, but ended up doing all right. So I, I have something good to lay back on. But um, Donis Harris, runner-up in the 5K, 1501. Nick Dennison, third, with a, I think it was a 1531. They wrote 1541 on the recap. I, I think it was a 31, if I remember correctly. So, um, Ben Menapace, fourth in the 400. Brett Robertson, I can tell you this, firsthand experience with the the, the 400-meter hurdles. They ruled him as second. I know everybody that I was with on the on the infield fence watching when they crossed the line. It looked like he won, but apparently that the Hillsdale guy outleaned him and ended up getting second. But I think the funny part was a little sus if he asked me. It just happened to be a Hillsdale Charger that was next to him at the line. So not gonna throw anything out there, but I'm not saying. But I'm just saying. Just saying. You know, you everybody in the audience knows where I'm going with this one. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it was hometown bias or whatever. But there's definitely some suspicion. I'm not an athlete. I'll say it was hometown bias. Sure, Joe said it. Not it's me. It's hometown there we go. bias. We're all good. We're all good now. Um, Allison Faulkner fifth in the 400 meter hurdles. Carissa Schur seventh in the 800. Um, Michaela Roberts third, and Megan Dofeed fourth in the 400. Um, congrats to them. Um, pretty good throws as well. Brianna Copley, runner-up in the shot put. Kennedy Reibschuk, seventh. Um, Claudia Wilkinson, second in the high jump. Um, Emma Stefan was runner-up in the hammer throw. Um, she's been doing really well. Um, mm-hmm. Hammer throw is really impressive. It is really impressive. Um, Reibschuk also had fifth in the javelin and eighth in the hammer. Um, our 4x4 four four teams also did well. I believe our women's was fourth. Um, 
our a, our a team was fourth and then our b team i believe was seventh and then our um men's a four by four was third which was a pretty epic comeback as well I, I might add but very very good results overall i mean i know i missed a lot of them coming over going over these very briefly i but very good i believe it was they came out with i think 29 top nine finishes which was pretty good i believe that there was um 15 women and uh, 14 men if i read that correctly um weird that they picked top nine out of the event finishes but um i mean there was two wins and there was plenty of top fives so really good really good meet i know there was some people that were a little unhappy with their performance especially considering the circumstances but i think we're, we're gonna be in good shape i mean we got i believe al owens classic coming up this weekend which should be a pretty fast meet so looking forward to that for sure so yeah it's gonna good. be a lot of fun yeah, I'm excited. I I'm not, I know that there's a lot of fun things that happen at Al Owens, especially the speed. But uh, I I don't believe there's a 5K, what I've heard. So we're going to see some pretty quick 1500s. I don't know. I'm going to be looking into that. We're going to be we're going to be making the the decision on what I'll be running here soon. I'm going to be looking at some of the the things coming up. Do you get to choose or no? Or like do you have like a choice? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, kinda? yeah, me and me and um coach Kelsch have we have we have a system of where we'll 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 talk about it and see what the best thing going forward for the season is, but Cool beans. Uh, I it'll be definitely interesting. I think for everybody on the team, especially now that we have some the where there's multi-day meets coming up. I yeah. know next weekend where we got a split meet, so um that that one will be really see who who wants to run what and see what want to proceed to especially with conference coming in hot i mean it's only two more meets and then we have conferences yikes yeah it's that quick i mean the spring season's going by really fast and it's really scaring me but because i mean folks we're only three weeks away from summer that's incredible crazy Love isn't it. it we were just talking about like four or five it seemed like yesterday that like when we did we came on the show a couple weeks ago it feels like yesterday so i mean it's crazy but um, yeah Great, great fair sports report. I think we'll be really excited to see how everybody does this upcoming weekend. Uh, make sure you tune in to that if you want to go check out the Bulldog website, um, fairstatebulldogs.com. But anyway, moving on, Joe Masters was very eventful. I will say yeah, that. Yeah, it was eventful to say the least. I Ending was not what I thought it was going to be. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama ended up winning the whole thing, minus 10 overall. Uh, had a little bit of a tough round four, but nonetheless had a big enough lead to kind of uh, give him some cushion going into it. Uh, Rose, though, had a terrible finish. Thought he was going to do something uh, near the end because he first two days he was leading, I think, by I think three or four strokes. He and was, then he just kind of dropped the ball near the end. It was great. He started off, so he shot a 65 the opening round, seven under. He was up by like three, four strokes. The, the closest one was Spieth, uh, Spieth, and I think one other person. I think it was, I forget who. I know. I, I think, think Finau too. Spieth and Finau were like four shots behind him mm-hmm. after the first day. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. I mean, he was shooting so well. Like he was putting everything in front of the pin. I know. I tuned in. I think it was thirteenth, fourteenth hole. He just. I think he like he laid up like an eight iron from like one one like or one like forty or something, put it perfectly on the down slope with the spin and stuck it about three inches from the pin. I'm like, this dude is on fire. I don't know how anybody's yeah. gonna stop him. Truth is, he stopped himself. It seemed like he just didn't play the same. I mean, he went from a sixty five to a seventy two and another seventy two at even par to a seventy four to finish two over yesterday. Yeah. He finished seventh overall at five under par. But the true story. 
Eddie Matsuyama, absolutely fantastic story. I mean, he was dialed in the whole would, day. He was good. He wasn't. Wasn't he like the amateur or whatever that played in 2014? Oh, uh, I don't know. If I'm not mistaken, it might be. I mean, he's he did he was fantastic. I mean, he shot a 69 and a 71 to pull him four under, going at around three, which is when he took absolute control, shooting a seven under round of his own at a 65, and shot a 73 yesterday. He definitely um, knew he had the he had the the bumper to yeah. make sure because I mean he was yeah, leading the cushion a little but bit. Very good. I mean, this is the hardest part about golf when you're hot, especially in those early rounds, you got to keep keep your foot on the gas. And that's a hard thing to do, especially when you know you've got the padding of, man, the field's five shots behind me. If I shank one, I'm in good shape, but then you can't yeah. think like that. You got to you play like, yeah, it's like a weird it's like a weird like mindset you got to get into cuz you got to be like I'm ahead, but I got to play like I'm behind everybody. Right. It's easier to play behind than it is to play and from ahead. Like, being you ahead. have a bad shot and you're like, "Dang, like that's not going to be good, but then it'll be fine because I have a big enough lead. But then I also don't want to have this mindset, which is like a weird. That's a weird thing about being in the leader. But just with golf or any sport in general, it's like if you're ahead by a lot, it's like you can have a cushion. Like you can have like that in the back of your mind. Like okay, we well have a cushion, but like also not really at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it was um, for me personally. I know like playing playing like it's a lot easy i've never played in a tournament or anything yeah. but i mean i would i can even say this from like a baseball or basketball reference where like if you're in a, a crucial game it's almost easier to be behind and be chasing than it is being ahead just because of that it's that continuous mindset when you have that changing like if you have like it's it's better to be fully on the gas with nothing to lose than playing conservative with everything to lose. That makes sense. Because yeah. I think it's just a lot different. I think golf especially, like, I mean, John Rahm, for example, he shot three even pars, one through rounds one through three, and then he turned it on. I mean, he shot a 66, six under par the last round, and he ended up finishing fifth. I mean, he was going into the last, I mean, he was like borderline 20-25 going into the last round, maybe even higher. I don't know. They ends up getting tied for fifth, just putting the foot on the gas, nothing to lose. Put together a really nice round. But yeah. um, some other names, uh, Will Zalatoris played fantastic. I mean, he was great. I think he was... Uh, he came see, in out of nowhere. He was one under, four under, five under going into... Or no. I was six under par going into... Or seven under par going into the final round. That was a while for me to do math. Sorry, <laughs> I haven't done math since Takes 12th grade. I haven't second. done math since high school. Anyway... Shot a nine under on the day, or not on the day, on the tournament, uh, two under on the day. But, I mean, he came out the first two holes with birdies, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, here here he comes. Here comes the here comes the comeback because there's always yeah. somebody that makes a run. But um, then he had a couple hiccups, I believe it was, in um, the early back nine and just kind of had some bad shots, and it just it just kind of cost him a little bit. But it was a little scary. I think it was on, uh, was it 16 or 15 when Matsuyama went in the water? Everybody said, hold uh, up. Yes. It ain't over yet. Like, there's still something here. Like, it's not set and sealed yet because I think he was up by three, four strokes at that time. Then instantly, boom, down to two, just like that. And I know yeah. um, Xander Shoffley, especially, um, one of my favorite players just from name alone. I mean, come on, man. That Xander guy's Shoffley. name is awesome. What Xander Shoffley. Come on. That's, that's a cool name. But um, he was putting together a really good round. Then just 16, man. He went aggressive trying to get after Matsuyama, trying to go for the lead, went in the water. I believe he, he got a six, I believe, on the par three, 16. 
that really just costs a chance because I mean you take you take those three strokes away. Say say he birdied that, he's he, at eleven yeah. under par. Yeah, he's he now the pressure's the on Matsuyama to make a shot. Yeah, so it's a little bit different. I was not expecting Spieth to play as well as he did. He was kind of like the dark horse on the first day. Dark horse, yes. Like I was not expecting him to come out of nowhere with that. Um, but did you see the uh, Matthew Wolf got DQ'd? Mm-mm. Yeah, I heard about that. What happened? He, uh, so I guess I think it was hole eleven. He, I mean, on his score, on his on his official scorecard, once he signed it, he turned it in one of the holes. He ended up getting a stroke more than he put or whatever. Oh no! Which I mean, it's an honest mistake. I don't think he was trying to make it because like he's never done that before. Right. I right. think it's just an honest mistake. But like, as soon as you sign it, that's like the official that's thing. It, yeah. And it's like. If you if you mess that up, then like, hey, you're gone. And especially with the Masters, like you you can't really make mistakes anywhere, especially on the scorecards. So no, it's but it's like you gotta kind of toss that toss that up to both him and his caddy's mistake because like that's like mainly his caddy's job is to keep track of the <laughs> that score. That is kind of his job. Not strokes. not to throw like shade at him or anything. Yeah. That is kind but of. But that's his like job. I mean Matthew Wolf already has enough to like worry. But, like he's the one that's actually hitting the ball, and it's like the caddy. Caddy, they have a lot to do, but it's like that's what you're expected to do with your job. Yeah, I, it's tough. I mean, there was a lot of there's a lot of players in caddies that really struggled over the weekend. I know. Yeah. Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, Lee Westwood, all missed the cut. Phil barely made it. I think that was kind of barely cool. made it. That he was barely cool, made it. He had ended up putting a pretty solid round three together to get back to even par. That was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. But um, still really good. I think it was a great Masters tournament. I think it could have been better. Um, I mean, we got to see hole-in-one, Tommy Fleetwood. That was pretty sweet. I actually got to see yeah. that live. I was in a phone call with what, a buddy. Uh, what bonus do they get from that? Like, how much more money do they make? I don't know. Because there's an well, incentive, the right? They used to have the car incentive. Yeah. Like, hey, hole-in-one, you, you win a BMW or whatever. Yeah, but, you win a um, Beamer, but... Yeah, I, it, was really, it was really fun. I mean, I uh, didn't get to see Bryson DeChambeau break the score sheet, but I mean, yeah. I mean it was, he, it's well, still fun he, just watching him yeah, on the when course When he came anyway. in, it was like... I did not really think he was going to do extremely well um, because I thought a lot of people were just going to be able to kind of, I don't know, I just had a weird feeling that he just wasn't going to be able to really find a lot of fairways or play too well. Yeah, me personally, when I thought of who I was going to um, really be watching in this tournament, I know Shoffley was one of them just because of personal bias and he plays very well on the big stages. I mean, he's always in contention. Um, I, I considered other guys too. My dark, my my dark horse was Rory McIlroy, who of course missed the cut. But um, I, see it. like when I thought about the way that Deshambo would attack this course, it could lead into. I mean, you get in the woods, you're in trouble. Like if you shank your tee shot, you're going to be in a little bit of trouble. Which Deshambo can hit the ball a mile, but he doesn't hit it the straightest, and yeah. that's the problem with he can, going to play he can at get Augusta. It, yeah, you got to hit straight. Get it straight most of the time, but. A lot of those, you can definitely tell more often than not with a lot of players, he's the one that shanks a lot more of his drives because mm-hmm. he swings so hard. Yeah. And I, that, the thing is when he goes into a swing though, like his hands and the club are on a level plane. Uh, I think it was like, I think sports science did a thing on it. It's like 40 degrees, but they're both at the same plane. Mm-hmm. So it adds more to his, uh, to his club speed. But when he opens his hips, there's times where he mistimes it and he'll mm-hmm. open his hips, leave his hands dragging. If and then that'll either... I that'll one slice the crap out of the ball when your club speed's at 140, 150 mm-hmm. and your hands are going completely to the left and the ball's going to be in the club face is going to basically slice it as hard as it can or when he brings his hands way too far and he just 
missed anytime he mistimes his hips that's what's going to be the big thing yeah is he's that's whenever it happens and i think that's the one thing with him swinging so fast and him putting his whole body through and his follow through is both feet are turning because his hips are going so fast mm-hmm. yeah when you that's got, his problem yeah when you got that much torque i mean it's a good problem to have but well, i mean yeah i mean when you have that much torque you have that much club speed hand speed everything has to be so precise one little tiny pause anywhere tenth of a second half a second can lead to can lead to a really bad shot and you saw a couple of those with DeChambeau and I mean um, I mean there was times where like his short game struggled a little bit uh, which was always a concern because I mean you can always you can always drive 400 yards but if you can't get it close to the pin you're gonna be in trouble yeah but um, I mean he he ended up I, I wouldn't say he had a bad tournament i mean five over pars obviously not a great score but i mean he did put together a 67 yeah, round which was pretty impressive so. seen, but yeah. it wasn't the best yeah i mean the it just the consistency of sometimes just missing it just it just really came up and, and kind yeah. of hurt him in the you end you can definitely but. tell when he's on the whole tournament for like different uh different like weekends for like different tournaments or if he's off because like when he's off there's no way he's going to break the top 30 or the top 20 yeah. but when he's on it's like Watch out. Watch out. He's going to be one, two, or three. Yeah. I mean, there's it, no in between. Yeah. It's like when he has open courses to just absolutely. Like Wingfoot. Wingfoot was a very open course. Yeah. Wingfoot, and, and he went and won that. He let it rip on those. And he was clearing trees and everything over that over that course. So, I mean, that kind of shows you exactly but, yeah. what. Augusta um, is a little bit more close with all the trees and the magnolias and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So, and, there's courses that he's going to be fantastic at can absolutely attack. And there's some like. Augusta where you just you just can't quite get it so yeah but I mean in the end I mean it was a great tournament Hideki Matsuyama congratulations to him for sure I mean I mean he had a pretty ins- um, pretty inspirational talk with Jim Nance and whatever about how this means to Japan and it means everything and how he can he's trying yeah. to inspire everybody and it's really cool you ever see so. him swing or you see how he swings mm-hmm. he like pauses at the top for like a split second Mm-hmm. It's a little bit unorthodox, yeah. but I mean, it works for him. I mean, he's got a you green jacket. Would, so I mean, yeah, I can't really argue with what he's been able to do with it. But like, if, if you, you think, think it like take away a lot of his uh, momentum, if you think about it, probably I, you could probably guesstimate about five hundred, a thousand, maybe more people now are going to consider pausing at the top of their swing just because yeah. Nicky Matsuyama and he getting the him getting a dream, green jacket. They put out the uh, they put everybody's swing for the next like three weeks, and it's like someone stopping at the top for like ten seconds and then swinging. Yeah, that's exactly what you're gonna see. So if you are out golfing, you see somebody pause, and you're like, "What in the world is that person doing?" They're trying to be like Hideki. Yep, you just found out from the MVSP. So yeah. definitely really good Masters tournament. Um, I think it'll be it's really good to have the Masters tournament back, especially with fans. Obviously, social distancing yeah. was a must. And at but the end, at like the right not the right time, but like the normal time. Yeah. So, I mean, not not like in whatever it was that we played yeah, last. Yeah, it was like, like November or yeah, something that, like that. Yeah, that was just weird. I mean, it was crazy. We were talking about the Masters mm-hmm. preview, and we were talking about some of the holes like only five months ago, and it was just like, wait, mm-hmm. the Masters is already back? Yeah. It's already it's, been a year? Yeah, Dustin no, Johnson only, 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 only the champion for uh, for like five months. I mean, he's always going to be have the green jacket, but nonetheless. Got the RBC Heritage coming up, too, at the end of this weekend, or at the end of this week, so... Another good weekend. Very excited. That should be fun. But uh, moving on into a little bit of a different type of subject we don't necessarily discuss on this show very much. Some UFC fighting. This is something we obviously don't talk about a lot, but um, we have had some discussions about it off air, and we wanted to say, hey, let's just put it on air and see what happens. We're talking, of course, about the viral fight that's going to be going down here soon between Ben Askren and Jake Paul. (laughs) 
Obviously. What, a, what an absolute. Could you? I just don't want to. When could you ever thought that Ben Askren was going to fight Jake Paul? I just don't understand that. Ah, uh, you can't. <laughs> I yeah. don't know how you could ever do that, but yeah. I mean, if you don't know what's going on, it's not going to be a UFC fight. But Ben Askren is a former UFC fighter, right? And it's, you might know his name from the fastest ever UFC knockout ever against Jorge Masvidal when he went in for that knee. Yes, and just, the flying knee. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was honestly a little backstory for that. Honestly, a pretty lucky knee because everything just had to go right for that. Oh yeah, I mean, Ben Askren was going down. I think for like a, he was kind of going down for like a. He had a trip or something, but Jorge Masvidal ended up going for the knee, and then it just, like, perfect thing went down, and that kind of, he, like, fell right onto, basically right onto his kneecap and just, like, yep. froze up. But so, nonetheless, it, though, got a got a pretty good fight. I forget when it's happening. I think it's August, or it's so April, not August, 17th. April 17th. So, so it, coming up. Yeah, it's Saturday. It's Saturday night, this Saturday. You going to pay for the pay-per-view, Brandon? No, no. I, I ain't got money for that. You kidding me? Yeah, you kidding me? Yeah, just wait for the you'll just wait for the social media stuff yeah, to come out on Wait for the next Sunday day when it's on or Saturday TV night. or so. when it's on YouTube. Yeah. But nonetheless, though, like, if you haven't seen just the, like, the, the banter between these two guys when they're on stage together for, like, the pre-fight, like... Um, weigh-ins and like the pre-fight mm-hmm. just like yep. conferences and stuff. Yep. I'd say just look it up and look at how much of a of a child Jake Paul is. Because <laughs> literally he, I, Jake Paul is just a just an adult child. Really, adult. he's like if you gave a ch- if you gave a child like unlimited money, what would you do? What would they do with it? And that's exactly it's exactly what Jake Paul is doing with it. Uh, he it, thinks he's a real fighter, but he's uh, not. I, I, I'm not sold on the Nate Robinson fight. Uh, I know you. I mean, okay, yeah, that's, that one was just. Uh, it was just really weird. Also, I could fight Nate Robinson and knock him out. You kidding me? Uh, okay, okay. Give Joe. me, give me the same <laughs> amount of time that Nate Robinson trained, which was like two months. Okay, give me that. I can beat Nate Robinson. All right, we're gonna have to set that up now. Maybe Nate Robinson's watching, but um, <laughs> it'll be. I think that with that like that fight, how that went down, it was just really like we everybody was like, "Oh yeah, Nate Robinson's gonna absolutely clobber." But I feel like Nate Robinson was so confident going into that well, fight. Nate that, Robinson's like five four. Yeah, he's, he's so also, short. He's also way shorter. So the reach is way like it was just an unfair fight to begin with. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's something that a lot of people like. I mean, I think Jake Paul has a seven eight inch longer wingspan than Nate Robinson does. And yeah. I mean, he's five inches six inches taller. So, I, I that definitely came into yeah, factor so like with that was, fight. But I, I mean, when, that was, ha- when they had that going, I was like, Jake Paul's six feet tall, or five yeah. eleven, or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the two is. You rarely, even if the smaller person's a better fighter, the taller person just can keep him at bay just by the reach. Because mm-hmm. as soon as the shorter fighter's going to come in for a punch, it's like okay, like I have a longer reach, I can just block it, or I can just punch you before you even get here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't know, I. I didn't even like that matchup because, like, it, one, inflated Jake Paul's ego that much more. Two, gave Jake Paul the, th- the thought that since he's 3-0 and against YouTubers and washed-up athletes, that he's, for some reason, a real fighter that can contend against Ben Askren, who's been a, who's a Olympic wrestler and a UFC fighter, who I will give you this, not the best boxer I've ever seen, but nonetheless, I still think he's going to win. But, like, you're 3-0 and against just garbage people mm-hmm. and you call yourself a real fighter you're not a real fighter mm, yeah i mean who is it like i'm not obviously nate robinson and then there was the other there's nate robinson uh anison gibb who is like a english foot like a soccer youtuber yeah who's not really athletic 
<laughs> and then you have Deji, KSI's little brother, who's also not really athletic. Yeah. I, I don't... You can't... I don't know. I You can't say you're a real fighter until you make it to the... Perf- I, I don't know. I don't want to say you can't <laughs> consider yourself... If you're going to You be, can be a real fighter when you actually have fought someone who has fighting experience. Okay. Legitimate fighting fair. experience. I, I don't consider Jake Paul a professional no, fighter. No, I don't even no, consider him a real fighter. He's okay. a he's a schoolyard bully. That's what I call him. Okay, that, that's what I call him. That would honestly he's picking be closer of a comparison. He's picking fights with just like people who he knows he can. Well, beat. he's picking like some of half the like he was telling like Ben Askren's parents like, hey, don't watch this. You're gonna be absolutely disappointed the, in your son or whatever. And I'm like, this sounds like that sounds was, exactly like a what, schoolyard bully. I'll tell you what. Jake Paul, one thing I tell you, he's definitely not ready for is anytime when he's fighting, the trash talk that he's got to face. Because if you watch, I don't know if you watched the the press conference that they had, Ben Askren would just make fun of him. He'd just be like, how many times did Logan just like beat you up when you were little? Or something, and just like random stuff like that. Yeah, those one-liners like, where you're just like... And he just silenced Jake Paul. And Jake Paul would just be like, either try to like awkwardly laugh it off, or his only thing would just be like, hey, you got knocked out in five seconds. You suck. And then... <laughs> It's like you can't even affect that with Ben Askren because you're just like, yeah, that happened. Yeah, this is like I ben, don't like yeah yeah. What that was the he kept playing he kept playing the video over and over again like the sound of his knee hitting his face mm-hmm. and he's like Ben Askren was like, what do you want me to, like that what happened? Do you want me to, what do you want him to do? Like it's like yeah it's, that happened. Yeah, this is I I like what Ben Askren is doing with yeah. this match. I mean he's being a, he's being more of a professional than Jake is. Yeah. I mean which is surprising because Ben Askren was like not usually the most like professional guy. Yeah, well, in he, the UFC at least. I think yeah he's he's kind of showing his a little. He's kind of showing yeah. his his professionalism a little bit. I mean it's hard it's hard to consider professionalism. Um, considerably when you have Jake Paul on the other side because I mean Jake Paul you brought it up is not the most not a professional as far as kind of what I mean the only thing you consider him as a professional in is as a content creator that's I mean he's probably professional in that I think that's fair but I mean that's like the only thing though is because like the same with him and Logan like you can, when they thought when they're like I'm a real fighter it's like you train boxing but that doesn't mean I could There's train. people that train in boxing all the time, but that don't fight professionally. I can go on a run, and I could like train to be a good runner, but that doesn't mean I'm a prof- professional runner. I run a, I could run a 5K, like a town's 5K. That doesn't mean I'm a prof- professional runner. Mm-hmm. And like that's like the that's kind of like the the thing that like is going on with them. Like they think that they're actual fighters when they're not. When Logan, you're one and one. When you're Oh, one and one against KSI, who just goes in like as a windmill with his arms, and you have I think a five six inch reach on him, and you still can't beat him. I don't know what to say. Yeah, because you're not that good. Mm-hmm. I it's same with Jake Paul. He's not that good. I I have. I'm trying to keep this as one side or two, or I'm trying to keep this as both sides as I can. But Pick I side, Brandon. You can't go both sides. I'm side. trying to be unbiased when going over like these these previews and stuff, especially the, a sport that we're not as familiar with. Because obviously, like I mean, not necessarily familiar with, but familiar with discussing on this program, yeah. of course, because we don't talk about UFC at all very much. But I mean, I don't watch it at, at much at all either. So, but I think it's fair to say that I think I could speak for America that says I that. 
everyone hopes that Ben Askren is going to kick Jake Paul's butt. That's the yeah. that's the consensus, and that was really the consensus with the Nate Robinson fight as well, which did turn out a little bit different. But um, I was reading some things that were um, one some things that's going to have to happen for in order to mm-hmm. have this this scenario happen with Ben Askren winning. Um, the the no, like one of the big points was protect your chin, my friend. <laughs> we know how that ended. You brought that up, Joe. So yeah. um, protect your chin, my friend, because that's that's not that's a sweet spot. If you're Jake Paul, that's you're aiming for his chin. But um, I think there was one point that you made up off air that I think is pretty much exactly what I think a lot of analysts are thinking. You're going to take this fight into later rounds if Ben yeah. Askren wants a really Ben good Askren ch- is way each, more in shape. Each, yeah, each He's round. He's an Olympic wrestler. Like, he knows what to do, especially, like, later fight. Mm-hmm. And, like, just look, I'm watching, like, a Jake. I'm watching the Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson, like, fight right now. The one thing that, or not one thing, but just like a big thing that Ben Askren, fake punch uppercut because Jake Paul like ducks his head down, but face down. Like he just mm-hmm. like takes his eye off his, his opponent and it's like, bro, you just got to like not do that. Like mm-hmm. if this if was, you do, if you do, especially as Ben Askren who knows when to like punch someone and when to look for those openings, you're going to get like four or five of those where he gets a solid one solid shot to the bot, to the jaw. Mm-hmm. You're just going to get knocked out. Yeah. I think that it, um, I think like Ben Askren, um, I mean, you, I think you brought it up a little bit earlier. If not, it was off air where you were saying that he's not the most predominant striker is the, the, yeah, the, te- his, the technical his punches, term his is punches aren't great. No, he's not a he's not going to he's not going to give you a body shot and you're going to be clenching over your stomach. He's not that type of powerful yeah. puncher, but but he'll he'll get a couple where he, he know, can He's got that timing that that experience where you were just you were just mentioning a big him. Thing, yeah. He knows when to take those advantages. So I think this will be this will be interesting. I mean, if let's be honest, if this was a UFC match, we'd all It'd have our money disc- pretty yeah, darn be, easily on Ben like Askren. Like Ben Askren said, if I was you in an alleyway and I wanted to commit a homicide, I would do it. Oh gosh, yeah. or I could do it. Also, that's like, it, like, but that's like that's the thing with the boxing. It's going to be a little bit different because it's like, yeah, just Ben Askren's just not a sure boxer. Just making sure to hold back and kick him for some random reason yeah. and get himself kicked out or whatever. Yeah, that would ben be, that'd be unfortunate. Ben a total boxer, but like the one thing too, I think we said off off air or whatever, is when Ben Askren went on impulsive or whatever and he was like, if Logan, or if Jake's really that good of a fighter, I'll lose because I'm... Right, that's how. That's what it comes down to. But who's, like, I don't think he's... Fighter's going to I win. don't think he's that good of a fighter, so I'm going to... I think I can win. Yeah, I mean like the whole thing about like... um. Jake Paul when he was like in the when they had their their meetup at the, for after waiting weighing in and whatever uh, or if the press conference or whatever it was when he was putting up putting up his his muscle and he's you know I'm champ champs here whatever yeah. and then Ben just looked at him gave him a smirk and like smashed his face with his hand yeah, and walked he, away like, pushed his face and then like <laughs> yeah yeah it was just like Jake like slaps him and pushes him and we're just like yeah Ben's in his head rent free right now yeah Ben just literally got in his head five seconds in this press conference imagine yeah. what's going to happen in the ring like if yeah. Jake Ben will be in his Ben will be in his head as because Jake you know is just gonna let his emotions run the whole fight no that's because he's that's just gonna how be, he won he's gonna be angry Nate. Yeah, he's going to be angry. He's just going to like use that as fuel, but it's just like, bro, you're going to go on a flurry, get tired, and that's when Ben's going to just be able to get a couple like free punches in basically cuz you're just going to have your hands down low. You're just going to go for a punch, leave your whole side wide open, and Ben can dodge and then just give you a quick body shot. It's Jake just leaves everything so open. Be careful. If you're Jake, be careful. I know he's I, this this is different than Nate. Robinson. Yeah, this is different. It's Nate's not. not a it's not as necessarily even just my fo- favorite even thing. Fight. 
My favorite thing from the press conference was when Jake was like, this is the fight game, Ben. This is the fight game. And I'm just like... You've been you've been fighting for right. less than a year, dude. My, <laughs> like, ben knows that this is a fight game. He's actually experience. been in the fight game. Like you don't know what you're talking about, Jake. I don't know. The la- the label is getting he's getting a little too high yeah. on his label. The, the thing is though is and Jake's, putting that label there. Jake's frankly. surrounded by yes men. That's the problem. Is he's just surrounded by guys who are like you're the best. You're the best boxer ever. You're the yeah. best guy I've ever seen. Okay, don't say he's the best boxer ever. No, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like that's, that's what his yes men are doing. They're like no. hyping him up and basically putting him... I've seen his training videos. Should he's, we fo- have, he's boxing as people who have never fought before, basically. That's what it looks like. Should we have Floyd Mayweather come out and just make sure that we knock Jake Paul off his, off his high horse a little bit? Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. Jake Floyd's Paul cannot call himself a... Jake Paul cannot call himself a real fighter or a legitimate fighter until he actually fights someone that's like a pro boxer or a semi-pro boxer. Yeah. It'll, he's not He's not even anywhere close. Garbage. Yeah, this is going to be very interesting, but... That's I'm really hoping that... Sorry to cut you off. I'm really hoping Ben Askren just wipes the floor with him. That would make my day. That would I think, make my day. I think you are, you are with the consensus of America on that one. I think that's what everybody wants, but... He needs to be knocked off I his mean, high horse. Hey, I mean, maybe his fans are behind him. I don't know. Yeah, the 10-year-old but... fans that he's got. Okay, we're going to stop there. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for watching. Um, Watching, listening. Whoa. I mean, oh, should, so we, maybe should we, we get a live stream? stream? Maybe we should record. Should we get a live stream? Get Bulldog Radio. Shout out some money. That get means you're going to have to follow us and let us know at the MVSP um, on all of our, and also all of our podcast platforms y'all that we got so many of them i won't mention them all but there's there's plenty of them to go around i just know two of them you know apple podcast and spotify those are the only two you need i mean really, there, yeah. there's plenty of other ones too i i think i hear that breaker and Castbox are two are pretty hot popular on our show so maybe you have to check those ones out um yourself but um i mean we also thank anchor for making this possible they're a great great program for distributing your podcast so um shameless plug shameless plug shameless plug but, un- plugging. but until next time guys Tune in for the NFL Mock Draft, and we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.